0: Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This
1: is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's
1: The Big Show. Is everybody ready?
0: Uh Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Day. Let's get rolling.
2: Jake, hanging out with you live at our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me. And safely, social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello.
3: Hello, Jake. You know how long it's been since I've seen Austin's gleaming, beautiful face?
2: Been a while. Been a minute.
3: Man, does he look as handsome as ever?
2: Better even. Wow. Thanks. Yeah.
3: Sometimes that happens. People, you know, get better with uh, with age. You know, you, you get that kind of distinguished look to you. Is that what's happening?
2: Getting some gray hairs in the beard. No, no, no. I think it's more of a like a Benjamin Button kind of thing. Like he looks oh. younger, <laughs> not more distinguished, but he looks like he, he's 25 again. The face tattoo will do that. Yeah, I know. Have you
3: know, <laughs> well, I didn't hear about the, the face tattoo. I knew about the pierced nipples but uh what about the what uh what uh, did you go with Do you have to
4: pause between pierced and nipples <laughs> make it eight thousand times creepier well no i just hesitate I, you know it's just nipples. a word
2: it's
3: just no it's just a word you don't usually say you know i mean i have nor- pierced nor- nipples
2: <laughs> you say it but yeah but yeah austin has and what's the right word here is it is it dived dove dove right into the lifestyle uh divined given <laughs> Well, whatever he did, it
3: sounds like it's working for him.
2: Yeah, he looks good. He's he's now just watch wear, out for elevator
4: doors. When you, close quickly.
3: when you when you wear tight t shirts to the uh do the those uh, the, the uh, do the ornaments uh, show
4: through? All right, this is now harassment, and uh, I don't appreciate <laughs> True. it. True,
2: <laughs> It is kind of harassment. Although I, I'm sure going to airports is an issue.
4: It is. How's and he, coming in here? Yeah, every day. security
2: to get into this building.
4: Uh, they they you know they usually have those little Tupperwares that people put their stuff in. <laughs> Mine's more of a of a bucket that they give to me.
2: Hold on, let me take off my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take let's to heal up? Let's get the
4: gun show out. No, not that type of gun. Oh, let's no, take no, off no, my no. shirt.
2: I got to unfasten these things. Hang on a minute. Oh,
4: the chain <laughs> is twisted. <laughs> oh, the navel piercing oh. got in the way, too.
3: How long did it take to heal up from all that? Oh, it's still
4: healing. It, oh. In process. So a little,
3: little tender. Huh? Some, You know, it,
4: it doesn't ooze all
2: the time. Good, good news. All right. Well, this is, Ooh, this is wonderful. Need to hear. This is wonderful imagery. <laughs> it's smart, <laughs> yeah. smart.
3: Well, you know, but some people do really do. They uh, they look. They do look. Uh, the ears look good on them. You know. I mean, it just uh, something happens, and they they just look more distinguished and more. I don't know. I, you know what I'm talking about? You've seen it before.
2: And yeah, not on the show, but right. No, I'm going downhill <laughs> fast, but I'm fine with it. Uh, okay.
3: I'm glad I'm glad you're uh, you know uh, Austin, I I just wanted an update because I'd heard that about you. You have not. Yes, I heard people say and Austin really looks good. Stop. I, I, what, no, what, it's true. What, what is it what did yeah. you hit
2: my car today or something? What's going on? <laughs> and who is this that you're just talking about Austin's looks with? Like did you get a look at Austin today? No, he, was working huh. he was looking great. He was looking great. I haven't given you permission to talk about me. Svelte, his beard looked terrific. You could tell he had just uh, freshly shaved the dome today. He was just looking wonderful.
3: Actually, it was a it was a woman who told me that. So good on you. However, I was sworn to secrecy, so I can't tell you who it was. But they were complimenting your looks, not in any kind of creepy, weird way. Just saying, oh, "He's a handsome guy."
2: Okay. How many women do you interact with uh, that outside of your wife on a daily basis? I, mean, I was going to say, tell Lisa thank you. Very nice of her. <laughs> oh, probably a social media kind of thing. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Hmm. You jelly, Gordon?
4: No, no, it wasn't Lisa. Have wasn't I risen Lisa. above Fabio?
2: <laughs> 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 was
4: there a little jelliness there? Goes bowler <laughs> Fabio Austin. <laughs> Would you quit saying the word jelly? <laughs> <laughs> We found out
3: yesterday that Donovan Mitchell's a huge jelly fan. Ugh.
2: I just like it too much now. At this point, I don't. I don't know if there's any going back for me.
3: Once <laughs> you say a word a certain way, yeah,
2: you and it makes me ch- chuckle every time. And hey, can't we all use a little levity? Prawly, oh, uh-huh. prawly. I like it. All right, Gordon. Well, uh, we have a lot to do today. We uh, do. David Locke's going to be on the show. Uh, Austin, 3.30, um, game day, so we'll have Locke a little bit early. Uh, he normally joins us on on Wednesdays, but he's got a game to to prepare for, so we'll talk to him coming up at 3.30. A lot of jazz on the table, obviously. I thought last night's game was, uh, was really interesting, and we'll get to that uh, coming up in the split story of the day. Plus, who knows what zaniness Gordon has in store for us after all.
3: Oh, I got Zany in my pocket. I got Zany right here. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be uh, utilizing that all day long.
2: I got my wallet in my pocket. I am not comfortable talking about what's in our pockets. Car keys, phone. That's it. I only have a pack of gum in my pocket. Oh, good. You like to travel light. Yeah, I, well,
4: I, the all the other stuff goes in the coat pocket. I see.
3: You know, uh, you know, you know, what I realized about myself though, and this is—tell uh, me if you've uh, noticed. Uh, have you ever like uh, looked at old pictures of you and thought, you know, one thing or another about what you were wearing?
2: No, because I've worn the same clothes since I was fifteen. I've decided
3: back in the day my my jeans were way too tight, too tight.
2: Why? Why are interesting. you interesting? Why are you looking at your <laughs> own tight jeans? That's a little weird. <laughs>
3: I told you that zany in my pocket. Yeah, I
2: <laughs> a psychiatrist could have a field day with that.
1: <laughs> I you
3: found know, I it almost, I, uh, I almost studied psychology. I, I thought about it. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, got his PhD in psychology, and he has his own practice. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I was tempted to go that way because I have a natural interest in, uh, in the way humans are uh, put together.
2: So let's go through the list of jobs Gordon would have done had he not <laughs> been a sports writer. We have psychologist. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We have culinary Chef, culinary yeah. artist. <laughs> yes. And what was the third? Proctologist? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> That's his hobby. No.
4: <laughs>
3: what? I'm tight gene guy.
4: <laughs> that was way
3: uncalled for. You know what? Not that, not that I have any problem with any doctors out there. Who uh, who uh, who who are who specialize in that? But it, it, I mean, because someone. What's wrong needs with the foot to. doctor?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they do fine work. I was I was just making a <laughs> making a joke there.
4: We've seen your license yeah.
2: plate, Cosmo. Cosmo Kramer, yeah, Proctology yeah, joke. Yeah, I yeah. mm-hmm.
4: yeah. yeah. got it. Anyway, should we do some sports? Yeah, should we yeah, do that? Do, should we talk about the game quick. last
2: night? Because because yeah. one happened, and one we have we one we have tonight, Yoda. We have one tonight. Uh, let's get to the split story of the day.
1: Two guys, two topics, two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, the zone and the zone sports network. Rivers torched the jazz in the fourth in New York. He's torching him now.
0: He rises. He fires. He hits again. This is ridiculous is 10 for 10 5 for 5 from 3 he has 25 points and the Jazz are down 14 and cannot build a dam to stop the river Jazz with the possession Bogdanovich on a go bare pick cross court pass to Donovan catch and shoot 3 got it Donovan Mitchell the last four years he's the second best catch and shoot guy in the NBA behind Joe Harris 67-62 Jazz down by five left corner Niang contested three over the top and in and the Jazz lead by 10 they trailed by 15 and now they've just put it on this is where this team just starts to do this it's a 13-0 run one
2: hundred eight to ninety four. Gordon, the Jazz have now won nine consecutive games. Nine. I have uh, many thoughts on this game, but uh, I'll, let's give uh, you first bite at the apple. Where Where do you want to start? Give me one thing that uh, that you thought was important about last night's game.
3: Well, okay. I got to, before I get to that. Let me just say that I admit that I was wrong. Whoa! About something. What? Well, I was. I was. I was right about uh, Austin Rivers. Remember I said he was going to score a bunch of points again, right? Remember that? I do. Mhm. Okay. I was right about that, but I was wrong about my theory about the Jazz having to shoot well in order to win games.
2: Wow, okay. Yeah. Actually, that's something they- Tim and I touched on in the in the post game.
3: Did you, that I was wrong. No, no, uh, no,
2: no, no. We didn't. I didn't in the post game, you know, fire from the cheap seats. Let me tell you another thing. Gordon was wrong about. No, I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, they, they that first
3: half, Jake. I mean, the Jazz were shooting the ball like, I mean, like it was uh, like they were heaving steel girders into the back of a truck. I mean, it was it was bad. Uh, and I just thought, man, how could you shoot the ball that way? You're supposed to be a good shooting team, and they sucked. And in the second half, they hung in there, they stayed with it, and they kept fighting. And that is an element to the Jazz that I wasn't sure how whether that was a strength or not. I, I would ordinarily think that if Jazz started shooting the way they were and trailing the way they were, that they were going to be toast. And doggone if they didn't turn that thing around and head in the other direction. So that I, I was wrong I was kind of wrong about that 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 was a real strength, and it was it's funny to talk about a poor performance for part of the game that uh, ended up being impressive with the way they bounced back. so that that's the number one thing for me. How about for you?
2: Uh, well, let me comment on on that real quick because okay. I'm glad that that's where you started because I think I think that that's super important. They found a different way to win, and when they got punched in the face, they punched right back, which is what yeah. Donovan was talking about after the the Pelican game when everybody all they wanted to talk about was, was Shaq. He he brought up a few things. He said there was some important stuff about this game and listed off a few, and one of them was that they faced adversity they figured it out and they battled back and just like that pelican game this game they ended up blowing them out and it's pretty amazing they ended up you know winning going away in in that circumstance cuz they they couldn't throw it in the ocean in the first half and there was a lot of things that weren't uh, weren't going their way but in the second half this is this is the big one for me gordon they won a game defensively and not mm-hmm. that the Knicks are the Lakers. All right. right. I, go, I got it. But they did, the Knicks did a lot of things that caused the Jazz problems in New York. And in this particular game, the difference between the first half and the second half was getting stops. Yep. And so, uh, you know, Quinn Snyder talked about it uh, after the game, and it was really interesting. He said the difference in the game in the first half was Austin Rivers. And he told his guys, all right, guys, let's make an adjustment on Austin Rivers and everything else, you know, is going fine. And what did they do in the second half, Gordon? They, they went out there and they took your guy, Austin Rivers, right out of the game. He was 0 for 4 in the second half and scored zero points. And then Royce O'Neal stepped it up on Julius Randle. And that's a recipe, uh, you know, for a 35-point half, which is what the Knicks had.
3: Yes, it was. And, and look at the individual performances. You mentioned Royce there, who was good at both ends of the floor. And then Rudy Gobert.
2: He was awesome. Mm-hmm.
3: He and, and, and Mike Conley steadied the ship down the stretch. And, yeah, those were individual efforts by players. When your when you're two best scorers shoot a combined five of 25, is that what it was from the floor? Normally that would mean you're toast. And the Jazz – did exactly what you said. They got stops and they hit shots. And and that that really was the tale of the game. And, and, uh, you know, I've always talked to you about how impressive it is when I see a player who does not have it going on during a game and then when the game is on the line at the end, finds a way to gather himself and play well. Well, the Jazz did that as a team last night. They did that as a team, and obviously there were individuals involved who were key in making that happen, but there were more than just one. There was a handful of them, and, that, yeah, that's impressive. So the Jazz come out and they play crappy, and we end up probably more impressed than we were before the game started. Yeah,
2: yeah. They figured out a way to deal with it, and they went and won a game that, in a different way. I mean, that game looked totally differently than the Golden State game did, for example. Yeah. And they found a way to do it. And, and Donovan didn't have a good night. Three of, uh, of 15, nine points, but he also took a shot to the head from Austin Rivers, which uh, is put him into the concussion protocol, and he's not going to be available for the Dallas game tonight, which uh, we'll get to uh, throughout the show, obviously, and that's, that's not good. And They said he wasn't feeling symptoms until this morning, but yeah. he, he had a rough game last night, but he found uh, other ways to uh, impact. Eight rebounds, three assists. And uh, was really, Tim pointed this out to me as we were watching the game. We brought it up in the postgame show. When Donovan was out uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter and the Jazz were making their run to put the game away, yeah. there was Donovan standing up in the corner pointing yep. out which so. way to go and being, uh, you know, his enthusiastic self. And it's like, okay, he, he's, he buys into the team stuff he talks about.
3: Well, as interesting as it was to hear what Shaq said about, you know, the whole lack of uh, – uh, double figures in things other than points scored. Though well, That's a great example of what we saw last night. Uh, not just what he was doing on the court, but what he was doing over on the sideline and helping his team win. Uh, Kenny Smith did mention leadership, and that was that's the definition of leadership, what we saw last night. Wasn't having it, wasn't feeling it, and was still engaged in what was going on. That's good stuff. And, Jake, If you tell me right now, the, the games that, that the Jazz where Donovan Mitchell will shoot, like you said, 3 of 15, and Boyan Bogdanovich will shoot 2 of 10, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I would guess that the Jazz wouldn't win a game when those two things are, are the way they were.
2: Well, I think that's the idea behind this team. You know, you get enough shooters on the floor, guys can have some off nights, and, and you're still – you know, going to be in the game. I think that's kind of a, a, a theory about this jazz team, especially the depth that they've uh, they've built now. But the one, and, and to bring the, the conversation back to Rudy for a second, the one that has to be the constant is Rudy. And, you know, the numbers are still pretty stark uh, difference between Rudy being on the floor and Rudy being off the floor. He is that important. He's got to be consistently good every night, and that doesn't necessarily mean scoring 20 points, although last night him going for 18 was pretty darn useful. Uh, 18
3: and 19, and how many blocks?
2: Four? Four blocks, 19 rebounds, as you mentioned. I mean, just he had a terrific night, even throw in a couple of assists as he continues to pass better. But he's the one who the pressure's on to be really consistently good every night. Donovan too, don't get me wrong, but Rudy, there's really no replacement for how much he impacts the game.
3: Well, Rudy plus twenty seven. Mike Conley plus twenty seven. Remember the old days when they used to say the two most important positions on the court were point guard and center? Well, those guys came through last night. And I saw someone tweeted out a stat that said that Rudy and Mike Conley are the two highest plus minus guys in the entire league.
2: Yeah, that's correct. And Mike, by the way, by like a long way.
3: I mean, two guys on the same team. I know plus minus might be kind of a bogus stat at times, like all stats are really. But it does indicate something very, very. positive happening for this team right now and those two were certainly front and center uh, last night uh, I can, that game last night was the kind of game that Rudy Gobert has preached of uh, preached about ever since he became a starter Remember how he talks about playing defense all the time? Of course, he also gonna give me the ball, <laughs> but not so much this year. But everything came together for him last night. Rebounds, like I said, playing the defense and, and, and just hurting the Knicks time and time again at the offensive end. So, yeah, the Jazz uh, proved my theory uh, of having to shoot the ball well, pretty much flushed that one down there. The old crapper.
2: <laughs> Real quick on the on the plus minus uh, before we get too far away from it, um, and I don't mean to be a wet blanket on it because that actually is truly remarkable how they've they've done that uh, so far this year. But they've been killing teams lately, so I mean there's that too, right? That they've been building up these monster leads, particularly with the starters on the floor.
3: Well, you can't hold that against them,
2: though. No, I'm not. But you know, other teams haven't been having those kind of margins at the same rate, if you get my drift.
3: Yeah, but how did those margins get created?
2: Mm, there's some opponent stuff in there, but, yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> no, oh, come on. I, I, I'm not trying to be a wet blanket. I'm really not. But the, the plus minus stat is a tad bit flawed in that way.
0: All right. Okay. God, I
4: thought Gordon was the Lakers fan on this show.
3: Oh, Jake, you're such a downer all the time. <laughs> not trying dude. to be a downer. Here, Austin and I are trying to lift the show up. Let Jazz fans feel good about themselves. And what do you throw in with that? Well, They were only plus
4: 27, Gordon.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. plus 27, yeah, but who are they playing? And they've been building these big leads. Well, how did they build the big leads? Because these guys are playing great.
2: What was Conley at half? He was only like plus two at half. I'd have to go back and look it up. He was plus 25 (laughs) in the second half. I'll
4: give it up. Retire. (laughs) Retire.
2: He is playing the best basketball of his career. Look at you, backpedal. Mike Conley.
4: Yeah, and you
3: heard what he said last night. Essentially, that he just feels comfortable now, and uh, feels as though he fits in, and knows when to be aggressive, when to back off, when to let other people be aggressive. It's a comfort thing, you know. Jake, you should know this. You're built for comfort, not for speed. You know how when you get in that zone of comfort, you feel like you can, you can accomplish. Uh, you know, the the sky's the limit.
2: A, I am a I am a comfort guy. It's the reason I still miss my Buick LeSabre <laughs> to this day. God, oh, I love well, that car. Is
3: that what they used to say about John Madden? That he he he. That's why he took the Madden Cruiser everywhere. He wanted to be comfort was more important to him than than other things that were, uh, that are really no. He was to
2: a, he was afraid of flying. He was crippling he, afraid. Yeah,
3: I, I know, I know. But that was part of the comfort quotient.
2: I
4: think it was more the fear. Uh, Private planes are pretty comfortable, I hear. Yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah, but yeah, yeah, I know. Private plane, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about literal comfort. I'm talking about the what makes a person comfortable.
2: I think didn't he work for Fox for a long time? He could. I mean, Rupert could have mustered up a private jet for John. I think
3: he didn't want it. He wanted to feel comfortable.
2: No, he was deathly
3: afraid. Yes, that's a part of being uncomfortable. Oh, it's I not see. just, oh, uh, well, my feet are in the wrong position. No, it's, he wanted to feel in his comfort zone. His comfort zone was on in the Madden Cruiser, not in a, in a private jet. He
4: wanted emotional comfort, not necessarily yes. physical comfort.
3: Indeed, Both. No,
4: not both. Bus versus plane, private bus, private plane, they're not
3: both. That which which is emotional can be physical. It can have physical effects. But I I feel like you're being
2: intentionally deceiving when you say, John Madden rode on the bus because he wanted to be comfortable. I mean, that feels like something. It's a very PC way to put it. Yeah, it's a very, like, not not PC, but a very, like, misleading way (laughs) to put it. Because anybody, anybody out there would envision what we did, like you know, a comfortable chair and uh, that sort no. of thing. Not, no, because
3: not... most people, no, most people are more multidimensional than that. They can see.
2: No, they can't. We com- want to be comfort more comfortable. F-
3: com- no, comfortable. Comfort is far more than just that, which is physical. Come on, guys. Yeah,
4: you're, you're right. But the first thing you think of when someone uses the word comfortable I'll bet eight out of ten people it's think that. a physical comfort, not a emotional yeah, but,
3: well, comfort. Yeah, but it can, my point is it can be both. And you guys jump to the wrong conclusion. Because so when we're any, in the warehouse any, get,
2: would jump okay. to the wrong conclusion. Okay, no, no.
3: Let, let, me, let me give you an example, okay? And this is kind of a private thing, and I usually will only go so far, and then I stop, and I won't get into private things that happen to me. But I'll go ahead and tell you this. Night before last... I had a dream and it was a really weird dream. Uh, (laughs) speaking of Freud, somebody, somebody interpret this for me. All right. So I'm water skiing on a big body of water. I mean, it was a huge body of water. It could have been the ocean for all I know, but I was water skiing. And my wife is driving the boat and I'm out there cutting turns all over the place, feeling real good. And all of a sudden she stops the boat and I drop down into the water and I say,
0: well, what's going
3: on? What's going on? And she pointed up and right above her was a 747 that was like maybe 100 feet off the water. And then the, the 747 landed in the water, pointed nose down and sunk down in the water while I was floating next to it in the water. Now that's weird, right? That's a weird dream. You want to try and interpret that for me? Was
4: John Madden on the plane? Yeah, I'm just trying to. No, figure out. Not- so this is just story time. Yeah,
3: no, no, no. This is this is the, my point. My point is that I was completely physically comfortable laying in my very comfortable bed, but emotionally, I was disrupted by what I dreamed
4: the dream is not reality. No, I, I don't think. I that know,
3: but it was it all. was real to me. I was dream. I woke up and I was kind of like, "Whoa, what was that?" So I was uncomfortable, let, even though I was physically very comfortable.
2: Let me let me let me give you an, an, an uh, <laughs> analogy that I might think more accurately uh, paint the picture here. What,
3: what, what, a, how can a, it be a more a accurate group, uh, than that? that
2: uh, uh, I was I was of, completely comfortable. A group of friends uh, drive to go skydiving. One of them peels off and sits down in, on the couch in the hangar. The rest of them go up into the plane. The clerk looks uh, 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 at the, the guy sitting on the couch and asks his buddy, like, hey, how come that guy didn't go up skydiving? Oh, he just wants to be a little more comfortable.
4: Uh, that's a very much... Uh, it's, it's accurate. I mean, you're Comfortable you're not, can be in that definition. Right.
2: You're, you know, the real reason is he's petri- petrified to death of skydiving, but... Or he's you, uncomfortable skydiving. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he they just both wants work. To be more comfortable. No, no. One, <laughs> Austin, doesn't Austin describe he, anything. No,
3: Austin just hit the, the, the hit it right on the button there.
4: I was mocking you. What,
3: reg, regard? No, oh, you're mocking me. <laughs> I, you know, I'm doing this show with a couple of guys who just don't think deep enough.
4: I'm uncomfortable with that.
2: Uh, living in SLC just tweeted in. I immediately thought physical comfort as well, because of course you did. Because you're well, a human. there's emotional discomfort too. But that's not What's what he... somebody would naturally think when you say, "Yo, oh, he just wanted to be comfortable." Nobody's thinking about him emotionally. They're thinking about him well, with I'm... like a like a, a you know leather recliner with like a
4: scotch. I dodged the draft because I wanted to be more comfortable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, stay tuned. More big show coming up next. Oh. 97.5 oh. and 1280 the zone. <laughs> Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is Stevie Ray Vaughan, Dallas' own. It's brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, check them out, livenation.com. A little Stevie Ray today. Sounds pretty good. You on board, Gordon?
3: Since it was your pick. That's fine. Sure. We try to mix it up around here, right?
2: I don't know. Stevie Ray Vaughan's kind of a legend, man.
4: I mean, it's no Banana rama what Gordon wanted, but <laughs> it's fine.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised your reaction. I, I would think uh, Stevie would be right up your right I up your alley. I love
4: this sound. I do. Oh, there's no
3: problem. I have no problem with it. I'm just you know trying to. It's no
4: Oingo Boingo.
3: No, we're just trying to figure out something that's a little different. Stevie Ray is not somebody that we have picked
2: frequently. Everybody can't be Ringo, Gordo.
3: <laughs> Ringo was the add-on man. Yeah, Who did he replace? with? it was Paul Best, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that guy's Pete name Beth. Peter
2: Best? Yeah, I still put him as the second most talented Beatle.
3: But you're well. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Beatles are worse than Limp Biscuit. You're you're picking Ringo and George Harrison over John and Paul
2: by like a mile.
3: We're talking about the great, the greatest songwriting duo in the history of mankind.
2: Yeah, that couldn't hold a candle to George Harrison. What do you want from me? <sighs>
3: okay, all right. Have you guys gotten any closer to being happy about the Super Bowl?
2: No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. You no. just
3: can't. You can't. You can't get there, huh?
2: Uh. No. No. I want both teams to lose. <laughs>
3: Austin, I bet you're coming around a little.
2: I'm not actually not yet. I will. I will a day
4: before or the day of. But right now, I really, I it's like ninth on my list of cares. It's
3: the biggest game of the year.
2: Right now, it's just you know the best part what, uh, about Super Bowl Sunday for me is it's going to be an excuse to use my fryer. Uh, uh, like, get out the minute. fryer uh, uh, and the I... peanut oil and uh, and fry me up something nice and then watch some Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. It's going to be great.
3: Ho- hold on a second. Hold on a second. These are the two best teams. In all of football. And if the two best teams in all of football are going to meet up in the biggest game of the year, you've got to feel a little something for that.
2: Not really.
4: Why? Uh, is that in the Constitution? And are they no, the no. Two best teams in football?
3: <laughs> yes, they are. They've proved it on the field.
2: Uh, you know, who did Tampa lose to this year? They lost to well,
3: that, that doesn't matter. It's not just the games you win and lose. It's when you win.
2: Wait, you just got done telling me that the, they proved it on the field.
3: I'm that talking about the playoffs. Point. In the playoffs.
2: Oh please, a lot of crappy teams have fluked their way into the Super oh, Bowl. Man, Jake. <laughs> hey, look, I don't mind you being a contrarian
3: uh, when you when you really feel something, but th- this you you know they've proved it on the field.
2: You saw it. You watched the games. Yeah, and I thought Green Bay should have won.
3: Why, why did you think that?
2: Oh, we went we explain? we went into it in great depth. On, no, give me remind Monday. me. Why should they have won? Because Green Bay lost it. They they lost it for themselves. They it was all self error.
3: You didn't know that they were going to be able to score if they hadn't kicked a field goal. You don't know
2: that. I called the Magic Vegas predicting wizard, and he told me. <laughs> okay. Trust me, I know. Whatever. Okay. Remember the Kerry Collins Giants that fluked their way into the Super Bowl, or the Lovey Smith Bears
4: with Rex Grossman. With
2: Rex Grossman, it
3: happens every once a... in a while, but usually it's the two best teams.
2: Peyton was like, "Yes, I and finally get a Super Bowl. Finally, going to win one." Because look at the team that's across from me.
4: These
3: Thank are the you, two, NFC. <laughs> These are the two best football teams on the planet, and you love football. And so you want to see the best teams play?
4: Didn't
2: Kurt you don't Warner? Want see, you don't want to see with the, teams uh, with the Cardinals. You don't know want Kurt Warner was great. No, he, he they was, lost to the Steelers, didn't they? He was Kurt Warner was fine, but yeah, he was a, he was a hundred and two. And he, he fluked the Cardinals all the way to the Super Bowl. And then, yes, they, didn't they lose to the Steelers? They did. Who was the BYU defensive
4: back that in back-to-back Super Bowls was on the losing end of the final play in the end zone? Oh, and he was Oh, Francisco. Aaron Francisco. Poor the, guy. The poor dude. I mean, rich and was in in the league. But to be back-to-back seasons that's on the final play on the losing end of it, that's tough. Anyway,
3: See, I this is where you guys have gone astray, all right? Uh, you, you would not – want to change this matchup for the Super Bowl because of your quote-unquote preferences, because these two teams have earned it.
2: Oh, I'd so way rather have seen the Bills than the Packers.
3: No, no, they didn't earn it. These teams did.
2: Ah, uh, what? I don't care how would interested you, you
3: are the, in them. The Packers I don't care if you're a huge fan. It doesn't matter. They haven't earned it. They didn't prove it. So that's why you don't mess with that. That's the beauty of sports.
2: Uh, is it the beauty of sports i yes. don't know i could take it or leave it i still would have rather seen the packers in the bills man the bills getting back to the super bowl what a story that would have been and aaron Rodgers, the mvp leading that historic franchise
3: wait how, is, on, that better, how is that a better how is that a better story than the teams that are actually in there
2: um i don't know how's it worse
3: Jeez. It's no better than, and you throw in the fact that these are the teams that earned it. You've got to appreciate that.
2: I don't I really, because I embrace... still don't like the Chiefs, and I still don't like Tom Brady. So I don't have to embrace anything. You
3: haven't you haven't given me a good reason that you dislike. No, well, there's two things here. One is your dislike for the Chiefs. I still don't understand why you what the deal is with that. And the second thing is why wouldn't you want them since they are the ones who were the victors to be in.
2: Because I always root against the Chiefs.
3: And this stems from what?
2: I don't know. Always have.
3: <laughs> Good answer.
2: <laughs> you always seem to fail to grasp this, that people root for teams for all sorts of dumb reasons.
3: Yeah, but there's rooting and then there's appreciating.
2: And oh, these are yeah, the teams it, that, that you, you, because, you must
3: appreciate them for what they've accomplished. Because
2: the humans they, use the word rooting and robots use the word appreciation. No. That's the difference. Nobody no, sits down.
3: It's a matter of facing facts as they are.
2: How? What percentage of, of sports fans out there sit down and to, to say, oh, I just appreciate the beauty of this game? It's like zero.
3: Oh, I, I think that they're in their heart of hearts. People they, tune they, in
2: they, to to watch the soap opera and to root and to have heroes and villains and teams they well, like and teams all, they don't. That, every, that's everybody, what everybody, everybody. does
3: everybody's going to watch the Super Bowl anyway, regardless of your dislike for the Chiefs and Tom Brady. You know, they're going to watch. Why? Because they want to see that they want to be a part of the biggest game of the year. It doesn't matter whether they're rooting for one team or another, and it doesn't matter whether their favorite team is in the Super Bowl. They're going to look forward to watching it either way. That's why I'm confused by your 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 reticence in, in – in, Appreciating it.
2: Because the Super Bowl is a different animal. Because the Super Bowl has somehow become this cultural event where people who absolutely hate football somehow uh, will sit down once a year to watch a game. It's really an admirable thing that the NFL has done from a branding standpoint, if you really think about it.
3: But I would think from a sports expert such as yourself, that you would have an appreciation for the teams that have done what was necessary in order to be there, and you wouldn't want to rearrange that because then you would be rearranging fate, and you don't want to mess with that. Well, at these that point, teams, I would control these are the my teams own. Who are there. Fate. <laughs> Which is,
2: I'd put two other teams in.
3: Jake, what? I, I, I just, you know, I'm trying to look at this from an analytical standpoint. And uh, th- these are the teams that have, uh, have earned their invite. And so now I want to see which of them is the better of the two. I don't care about the Bills anymore. I don't care about the Packers anymore uh, because they lost. That's the whole point. And I think people – you don't have to be rooting for a team, or you don't have to be passionate about a team, I'll put it that way, in order to enjoy the Super Bowl. Because if it's a great game, then you're going to love it, no matter if the teams involved are not your favorites.
4: You're saying the same thing. Jake said the Packers lost. You're saying the Packers lost. The Buccaneers didn't win. The Packers lost. Right.
3: Well, I mean, both are true.
2: Cue Russell Westbrook. And and, uh, after – after the first half of appreciating the football, you you get up, you go to the garage, you get some of the lubricating oil, and you you lubricate up your rusty joints, and then uh, you get a, a recharge on the computer, and uh, and go back and watch the second half. What do robots <laughs> eat? I don't know. I was trying to think Nuts like what are, what do robots snack not, on at halftime? There's,
3: there's nothing robotic about it. It's uh, being pragmatic and being the a
0: love realist. of the game, Jake. <laughs> Who is the
3: better competitor?
0: What am, I, what am I doing
3: to show with two guys who have who have no appreciation for the game?
2: Uh, well, I I appreciate cheering against the Chiefs.
3: Well, then okay, then you'll watch to, to hope that they lose and that Tom Brady is wins his uh, seventh Super Bowl.
2: But then the thought of Tom Brady on the podium after the game kind of makes me sick to my stomach. So I'm really conflicted. Thus, I I don't I really don't want to watch it.
3: What about Tom Brady's contributions to charitable causes and whatnot? You Happy know? I for mean, him.
2: It, That's awesome. Well,
3: You can't appreciate what the good things the man does and not to mention how great he is on the field.
2: Well, I mean, I can appreciate his charitable contributions and cheer against him. How is that a thing?
3: Oh, OK, I'm just trying to find some entryway for you to uh, to be, you know, to care a little. I, can't,
4: you can't buy your way into heaven, Gordon. I, don't know. I can appreciate... Why? He's
3: not, I mean, he's, he's, he's been involved in organ donation causes and doing all kinds of good things for people.
4: Yeah, he also cheated
2: the game and smashed his cell phone. And probably has some sort of boots made out of, like, baby seal or something. Like, that seems like something he would do.
4: So now he's a baby seal slaughter.
2: Something like that, yeah.
4: How many homeless people could he house by selling, you know, half of his watches?
3: <laughs> Jake... Uh, Austin has a real problem with. Success. Read your
4: Bible. <laughs> Successful rich people. prince.
3: It's in the Bible. He's going to hold it against the man that he is at the top of his game and has made a really nice living. Easier
4: for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> well.
3: Austin needs to move to a society, a communistic uh, society somewhere
4: where a communistic society all, all things are shared equally.
2: <laughs> I like the robot voice; that's pretty funny.
4: Thank you very much. Nothing to do with being a robot. Everything to
3: do with uh, just appreciating the game, appreciating Appreciate the teams the game. that that have, uh, have have earned it on the field.
2: All right, we'll get to more big show coming up. Stay tuned. Don't forget lock at three thirty, <laughs> ninety-seven five, and twelve eighty. The zone.
1: on to the big show presented by big o tires stop by your locally owned big o tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires big o tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
2: big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone want to remind you, Valentine's Day is coming up fast, and that's where our good friends at Jimmy's Flowers comes in because, of course, flowers make the perfect gift. Place your order today. Uh, get it delivered. Uh, Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, jimmysflowers.com, Jimmy's Flowers. Gordon, it's uh, just in the books. It just ended. Pepperdine defeats BYU 76-73. to They played uh, the same team again this time at Pepperdine, and, uh, and BYU comes up with the L. Um, of course, we don't get that uh, channel in the studio here, so didn't have a chance to watch it live, but uh, I'm a little surprised. Pepperdine's not a bad team, by the way. They're not, they're not uh, dreadful, but uh, I certainly would have picked the Cougs to win this one.
3: Those are the kind of games that uh, BYU has made a habit of losing in the church league there, and uh, it's, it's uh, too bad for them because, well, they didn't earn the victory so they don't get it but they've been surprised like that more often than they care to remember going back ever since they got in that league
2: so the kooks are now 13 and 3 overall and they're 4 and 1 in conference did it happen last year i'm trying to remember
3: how can they be 4 and 1 in conference and they lose to gonzaga too
2: oh yeah maybe this hasn't updated yet hang on Hold the phone, because they only had three losses coming into this game, too. So that did
4: one. that Gonzaga game count as a? Conference maybe
2: it didn't. No, yeah, no, 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 it, it did. Remember? This, I, I just don't think that this is updated. I've got the the uh, the box score in front of me. I just don't think they've updated the records yet. Uh, well, so they uh, they'd moved to thirteen and four and four and two in league.
3: How do you guys feel about upsets like that? Because I, I kind of. I don't know. I like upsets because I like to see the underdog be able to do something unexpected. But on the other hand, if you're the favored team, there's a reason you're favored, and usually it's because you do have a better record or you do have a better team. But when you when you lose, it means you underperformed, right? Or is that too simplified? Is it because the other team played great? I. I don't know. It just—if uh, I were BYU, I would feel really crappy about a loss like that.
2: Well, yeah, I'm sure they don't feel. Uh, I'm sure they don't feel great.
3: But I mean, sometimes you get beat by a better team, and you go, "Okay, look, uh, fellows, you can't be better than you are. You are who you are. We are what we are." Uh, and yeah, you might have been able to maybe get an upset here or there, but when you get beat by a team that you're better than, I don't know—that that's a difficult one for a coach to really. Process Well,
2: maybe you know they just didn't have it that night, right? Or yeah. or this afternoon, I suppose. The, I mean, if you look at the starters, they really struggled. They they had a bunch of points coming in off the bench. Uh, Barcelo uh, had twelve points, but he did it on three of eleven shooting and one of six from three. So, yeah. in fact, mm-hmm. the Cougs didn't shoot the ball very well at all from three. Uh, five of twenty, obviously twenty five percent. So, uh,
4: Barcelo was oh of seven on Saturday
2: against Pepperdine. So he's struggling a little bit.
4: Ugh.
3: So that's funny. Do you think it's because Pepperdine was playing good defense, or you think uh, you know Barcelo and others weren't feeling it? I mean, it's a little bit of both sometimes. Sometimes it's a whole lot of one over the other. Uh, and it, it, if we get back into that again, then I'll we'll get uncomfortable because you know, I don't want to be uncomfortable because we're all about comfort around here. Jeez. Right?
2: Oh, uh, I was trying to refresh my memory. Uh, last, even last year's BYU team had a loss to San Francisco. 83-82. Yeah. They had a loss to uh, Gonzaga, obviously, and they had one to St. Mary's. But, um, you know, they you're right, Gordon. They always seem to have this. The rest of the league has one team that comes up and bites them.
3: And sometimes it's more than one. It's uh, Often it's been a couple of egregious losses.
2: So we'll see. They still have St. Mary's uh, left on the schedule, obviously, one more with them and one more with Gonzaga. Um, so two opportunities maybe to get a big-time win. Um, before going to West Coast Conference tournament play. But, yeah, Pepperdine snuck up and gra- and, uh, and got him by three uh, this afternoon.
3: And that was down at Pepperdine? It was, with? yep.
2: Mm-hmm. It was down at Pepperdine.
3: Okay. Well, let's still have to see if they can bounce back from that one. But that's uh, that one's going to sting them a little bit.
2: Uh, Austin just uh, tweeted out about uh, Barcelo's chipped tooth on Saturday. That was kind of weird. If you saw pictures of that going around Twitter, just a just – it looked like a – uh, looked like, you know what he looked like? He looked like Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> looked like he had a little spinach on half of his tooth.
2: Now, is, isn't the story that Jim Carrey actually chipped his tooth that is true. filming that movie and they thought it was funny, so they left it in? That's true. Is it,
4: I did not know that. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, now he has a cap
2: on it. Does, Does he, he now? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun fact about Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. <laughs> a wonderful film filmed right here in, in Utah. What
3: was it? I didn't know that.
2: Really? It's it's pretty obvious if you pay attention, like the the airport scenes and things like that is all Utah. It's strange how in real life Aspen looks nothing like Park City, but yet in Dumb and Dumber, Aspen looks just like Park City.
4: You know, the uh, (laughs) the locations manager on that movie, Lee Stedman, he's a fan and friend of the movie zone. We were supposed to do a uh, 25th anniversary for uh, Dumb and Dumber, but COVID got us.
3: What's the most famous movie that uh, a decent portion of it was filmed in Utah?
4: The Sandlot, Sandlot's Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and one.
2: Dumber, uh, Sundance Kid. Fletch? Oh yeah, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That might be the answer.
4: Maybe any John Wayne movie.
2: Yeah, he did a lot, right? Whole a album, lot of them
4: down there near Kanab. What's what was
2: that? was that, what was that movie with Bill Murray and the elephant? A bunch of that was filmed in Utah. You know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. Bill Murray and an elephant? Yeah, he he like inherits an elephant and he a <laughs> circus elephant. You know, it's a, it's really a great movie. <laughs> If you haven't seen it, it's actually really good. Um, larger Than Life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, than, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. That's in Utah? A bunch of. As we were uh, on a, a raft trip down by Moab, somebody, like, I think it was down by Moab, somebody pointed out, like, there's where they filmed this part of Larger Than Life. I don't know. Maybe it's a, an old wives' tale, but I remember that.
3: Was part of Three Amigos filmed in Utah?
2: Not sure on that. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the first part with River Phoenix was filmed in Utah. Mission Impossible 2, where he's climbing on the, the rock. Uh, yeah. How about Maverick, the movie with uh, Mel Gibson? Uh, that's all Lake Powell. That's true.
4: Yeah. Uh, so BYU basketball and moving filming locations. How about that? That was our segment.
3: Well, Utah really has been the site of a whole lot of filming. Uh, it, it, you know, sometimes we don't really think. In terms- oh, Jeremiah Johnson is that filmed up on the back of Tim
4: Yeah, sure was. Yeah. It's just not as well known or watched as
2: some of these others we've talked about.
3: And Fletch, remember he, doesn't he come to Provo?
2: You ever seen the terrible Did Benicio Del Toro movie Wave the Gun? That's no. all shot in Utah. It yeah, does... I've I've seen Fletch for sure. And
4: correct. is that actually Provo?
2: I think it was. Huh. I don't know if that was actually Provo though.
4: We
3: gotta get to the bottom of that. Anybody it... know, let us know. Yeah,
2: anyway. I thought I saw no, I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> I thought as he was driving around it did look like Provo a little bit. All
2: right, stay tuned. We've got David Locke coming up for you at 3:30. We'll talk to David about uh, how the Jazz won last night and what to expect with no Donovan Mitchell uh, going into uh, tonight's effort against Dallas. I uh, want to say a big thanks to the title sponsor of the big show that is Big O. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires and save up to $150 on a set of Big O brand tires today. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.